Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to The Actor and The Actuary. Uh, we're just two guys in opposite states. We talk about our careers and our life in completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Well, I'm excited today. Ooh. Today, uh, our, our topic, you know, usually you usually introduce the topic, but uh, yep. I, I'm excited for this one, so I will introduce it. Please. Uh, today, wait, before we do that, uh-huh. what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Guys, I'm coming fresh off COVID, so I'm drinking water. Oh, you got bit by the vid. I got bit by the vid. <laughs> oh, man. It's actually probably uh, not something to laugh at. But, but. No, it's probably not. Um, but yeah, uh, still uh, hydrating as I am in uh, the recovery mode of my body. I'm out of it, but uh, water seems like the right choice. Well, yep. Glad you're on the uh, path to recovery. And I do uh, know, Aaron, I haven't forgotten the rule. This is the only time I get to drink water. <laughs> yeah, we can, we're only allowed to drink things one time. Um, yep. So, you know, once he, he's used up his water, so no more, no more water. <laughs> so I don't get sick again. Yeah, seriously. I've got a, um, a hop waves here. It's Ooh. a juicy IPA. Ooh, um, it does say juicy. Yeah, it does say juicy IPA. That's right. Uh, this is from Excelsior Brewing Company here in, well, I'll, I'll say it in the bold north. Bold north. Oh. You're from uh, Excelsior, Minnesota. So out by Lake Minnetonka. Hmm. So. Is it, uh, how would you say? hoppy you know what i like ipas are my favorite it's like all i drink now for mm -hmm. the most part so i i don't know i mean it tastes like the beer that i like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i don't i hoppy is not the first thing that comes to mind it just right it tastes good it's fresh yeah. and it's it's uh what's the word i'm looking for it's uh crisp that is that is exactly the word i was looking for oh, it's crisp man. yes what, what can i say all right with that out of the way, let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, so what I want to talk with, uh, talk to you about tonight is the RLT. Okay. Uh, the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. Now I call it the RLT because uh, as you know, we, um, you know, that's something that we say to, to each other. Um, for me, when this phrase came into being, uh, was during a trip we took in 2014. We went over to Utah, and that's when the RLT was introduced to mm. me. I, th I think you're the one that introduced it to me. So okay. my question to you, uh, was, was that something you just came up with on that trip, or has RLT been a part of your lifestyle before that? Oh, man. I, I actually think it was that trip. I think we can give the credit to the RLT life to, okay. uh, to that, that trip. Because it was definitely, it was all about <laughs> road less traveled as oh, yeah. we hiked around. Um, the first hike we did, um, I think it was actually kind of dangerous. Uh, we, it was at the Delicate Arch at Arch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking about how like we were almost like scaling it at one yeah, point in time. That was not smart. So the Delicate Arch is like that one that you all are thinking of it's like the the famous arch from utah and like there's a very obvious walking path where there were lots of people even though it was early in the morning and um we saw another way to go and so 
I'm sure at that time, that's where this, this was invented. And we said, hey, let's take the RLT. And so it looked like a fine trail until you got within about, I don't know, a couple hundred feet of the arch. And like it, the approach was on the backside of it compared to the normal trail. And I remember like when we were probably like 30 feet from the arch or so, uh, we had to climb, we had to like scramble up this yeah. little incline where like if you slipped, you fell hundreds of feet yeah. <laughs> into like <Yeah>. a chasm. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, I, I remember Jess being a little, a little freaked out. And I, at the time I was like, oh, you're not going to slip. But looking back on it, like that probably yeah. was not a smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember getting up there and being like, it's cause it was all, it was all about, you know, your vantage point and you're just like, oh, it's not that bad. It's a slow incline, slow incline. You just kind of inching up one by a time, but you yeah. time you get up there and you look back and you're like, holy crap, do not slip. I am going to be totally screwed if I do. Yes. I remember like we're all kind of like on all fours, kind of like making the last way up there. I mean, it was, it was a little intense. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were definitely crawling there to make sure that we didn't, fall. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it there. And then I think we took the regular trail back. Yeah, you had to take the road less traveled up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and then I mean, so yeah, so that was at Arches in Utah, and I, that whole time at Arches, then we were taking the RLT. I I remember, <laughs> actually, the, the rest of us were all walking on a trail, and then I I distinctly remember you like jogging about three hundred feet off the trail in like these random cliffs and valleys. And <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you were going all. You had the uh, the Camelback with the water, you know. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, you were just, you were going all out on the RLT. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was in a very difficult time in my life. <laughs> so you were letting off some steam. I was letting off some steam and uh, yeah. running and, and, and adding a little danger to my life, I think, at the moment, because I was like, I just need to, I need to, I need to take the road less traveled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good place to do that. A lot of the time it was you and I kind of going up into the, the final extremes, uh, yeah. is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. On top of the arch, which I, they probably don't even like people being up there since they're probably no. a little fragile. Yeah. <laughs> and iconic, maybe. And iconic. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but honestly, like as, you know, as small as that story is, like the RLT has stuck with me mm -hmm. through all those years. And I know like we've referenced it a number of times and I have referenced it to a lot of other people. Um, and it's like my way of saying, you know, let's take an adventure. Let's do something. Yeah. Let's not be a lemming. Mm -hmm. Let's not do, yeah. let's not do the same thing that everyone else is doing, you know? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I find a lot of joy in doing that and doing things that others are not the same thing everyone else is doing. Yeah. It's a little bit more, uh, spontaneous i think there's a little sometimes there's risk involved i also think it's it's there's for sure going to be enjoyment in a different way of uh, unpredicted way maybe is kind of the way to say it because i remember i was uh traveling with my wife in europe and uh there was this we were going up a mountain i guess you're kind of a lot of times going up mountains in rlt lifestyle but True. uh there was a a chairlift there was a chairlift literally to take you up the mountain and it was like the chairlifts don't turn on for 30 more minutes. So it's like a line was forming. And I was like, do you want to stand here for 30 minutes? Or I was like, hey, I actually think we can probably get to where we need to be at the top in 30 minutes. Would you like to take the road less traveled and find our own way up? So we did. 
I, I don't know. I think on that trip, I took a lot of road less traveled and they didn't always pay off, but this one was fun. It was like, we totally got like off on this weird dirt path and in the middle of like bushes and everything. And I was like, ah, I think we are, are pushing ourselves through here, but it was way more adventurous than just taking that stupid chairlift. When did you go to Europe? We got married in 27, no, 20, December, 2017. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where like that's where good stories come from, regardless of if they turn out well or turn out poorly. Like Europe or road less traveled? No, road less traveled. Road less traveled. Yeah. I was gonna say I we we've get, been into Europe together, and I've got some bad road less traveled moments with you. Yeah, no, but they're all good. That's my point. Like, yeah, we true. do have some really funny. I mean, yeah. So we took a a backpacking trip to Europe. Gosh, how long? Two thousand eight. 2008. Okay. That was a real long time ago. Well, we, we found out the cheapest way to, to do lodging was not to stay at a hostel and like pay for three of us. Cause it was a group of three of us. Um, it was to get a hotel room for two people and then sneak the third person in. So yeah. at like all these different places we went to, we had to sneak this third person in and it always led to a good story every time. <laughs> because in Europe, for whatever reason, I mean, they, they do it there. They don't do it here, but they charge you by person per room. So if you mm-hmm. add another person, the occupancy rate goes up as opposed to America, you can throw 11 people in a hotel room if you wanted and the rate stays the same. I still remember in Amsterdam, unibrow guy being like, is that gentleman in your party? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you when you were sneaking out? Yes. Yeah. So me and Joel were checking out at the the front desk, and uh, it was like five in the morning. We, we are, were jet lagged. That was yeah, it, right? But yeah. but we but everywhere we went, we kind of checked out. So we were checking out the next morning. So we just checked out super early. But uh, we're like as American as they come. We have these huge packs. <laughs> we all we look the same. We're all like six something, and we're all just like got these massive packs. And then, you know, we told Aaron to just wait a few minutes and then kind of stroll out. Aaron waited a few minutes and walked straight to the door. And you just hear this. And it's the door like doesn't open. And so it's like the, we're, me and Joel are standing at the desk, turn around to the loud noise. And of course it's Aaron standing there, like trying to figure out how to exit the door. Well, they, they lock them that early. So they have a manual uh. button from the desk to let you out. And so the guy turns and he's like, is he with you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another 140 <laughs> euro, sir. Oh, <laughs> oh and then, yeah. Like I remember in Rome, like, I don't know if he really was, but we kept saying to each other, the butler's onto us. The butler knows <laughs> we're sneaking a third person. Well, there in. was one, I literally like, cr- I feel like I was always the guinea pig most of the time, but I like crawled on my fours under the, like past the desk one time. Yeah. To get <laughs> yes. uh, that was in Paris. I remember the, that. Uh, where was the one with the credit card story? Uh, oh, yes, that was in uh, Venice. Oh my god. That was so funny. Here's what happened. We checked out and then we had them hold on to our luggage cuz we wanted to explore Venice for the day without our luggage, without our, you know, mm. giant backpacks. And then when we came back to get our backpacks, the guy said, "Do you know anyone named Jeff Larson?" And Joel and I were like, "No, we don't know anyone named Jeff Larson because like we did, you know, you're not you weren't on the room." And they're like, "Oh, well, we were wondering because we found his credit card in your room. <laughs> oh. and, and so we were like, no, I, oh, well, oh yeah, we do know someone. We'll go call him and see if, if he's missing it or something. And then we left and we went downstairs, talked to you and then turned right back around. I walked right in and I went up to the desk and they're like, hey, my friends called, called me and let me know that I had left my credit card yeah. here, that you found it here. I was just hoping to get it back. Oh yeah, can I see some ID? Yeah, of course, here's my ID. Okay, yeah, cool, here, here's your card. 
that was uh, that ridiculous. Was great. Yeah, that was so funny. But yeah, usually the RLT lends itself to a really good story. Um, are are there any times you've taken the RLT though, and it like was not worth it? Like, wasn't even worth the story afterwards. I mean, I, I, so I've got one example I can think of, but uh, although I'm not even sure it might've been worth the story at this point because enough time has passed. <laughs> so um, I think on a previous episode, I talked about my love of the Boundary Waters. Um, so I went there on a, on a canoe trip with uh, my wife of less than a year um, and uh, with another couple. And none of them had ever been there before. I'd been there once. And uh, they have these... So we, we happened to be canoeing in a river area and there were rapids at different areas in the, in the river and they have little portage trails around the rapids. So you can get out and carry your canoe and all your stuff uh, and put in at the other side of the rapid. Well, um, during the course of our trip, we saw a couple canoes shoot some of the rapids. So they just like, you know, rode down through them without taking the portage, which obviously is a huge time saver. Mm-hmm. So it was our last day um, and we were heading out and, um, after I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, we're never taking a portage trail again. <laughs> and so, uh, we, um, you know, we shot one set of rapids successfully and then we got to the next one and, uh, they were much bigger rapids than any of the other ones, but like, you know, the force of the water, you're kind of committed once you decide you're yeah. going to do it. And so, um, we started going down and, um, a, our a canoe ran into a big boulder and it capsized and it actually it was an aluminum canoe and uh the power of the water uh because the canoe got stuck on a rock and the power of the water actually bent the aluminum canoe in half (laughs) like a you know like bending a hot dog in half if you think of it like that um and uh everything fell out and we broke our canoe and (laughs) <laughs> and we were swimming in the river and it was, it was kind of scary. Luckily the other couple that was behind us, they actually somehow made it through the rapids. Uh, so they were able to go get help. And like, and didn't it hit you either? <laughs> no, they didn't hit us either. And <laughs> they went and got help. And yeah, I mean, we ended up buying a thousand dollar canoe that day. Um, oh broken canoe. Gosh. Um, but that was like, okay, I, that was the RLT, right? Like the portage trail is there for a reason. You're supposed to take it, but I wanted to be more adventurous and yep. At this point, it might actually be worth the story. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's a good story. I mean, I'm so glad that nothing like crazy happened, like terrible. Yeah, I mean, people get really hurt. I mean, people have died in situations yeah, like that. Yeah, caught so. in a current or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I still have it under my, my deck. I'm, I'm, I want to saw it in half and make it into two bookshelves, but haven't really oh, done that yet. Oh, so. that's awesome. Do you remember the Au Naturel cheeseburger? Oh, the Au Naturel. Yes, we, we were in France. I think we had just... Uh, I think we had just crossed the English Channel, and we were in France. So we were at some podunk town. Right, but we had a reservation on a train that we needed to hit, and we had a little bit of time to spare. And so, um, you know, I take the road less traveled, at least at that time, in terms of how I ordered my McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I wouldn't call this adventurous, by the way. Oh, it was very It is RLT. (laughs) It is the road less traveled in terms of how I ordered my cheeseburgers, which was at the time, and the word in America is plain. I just wanted a plain double cheeseburger. Um, In France, plain meant something completely different. So they came with like all this extra sauce on it and all these like extra onions and all these kinds. And I was like, no, no, no. I I just want meat, cheese, and bun. (laughs) Yeah, you're like trying to signal plain Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like I'm like nothing. 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 <laughs> I'm signaling. I'm signaling plane. Nothing. Oh, oh yeah, all natural. You want the all natural? <laughs> I was like, yes, give me the all natural. Uh, mind you, this has been probably 15 minutes in coming, <laughs> and our train is definitely arriving, and we yeah. have a good little jaunt to get to it. And so Aaron and Joel have pretty much yeah. lost their patience with me at McDonald's. <laughs> And I'm like, guys, it's coming. Don't worry about it. We got the all natural. We're, we're on the same page here. It's like five more minutes. And at that point in time, like our train has landed. So it's like, okay, I got the all natural. Boom. Yep. Meat, cheese, bun. We got to, we got to hustle. We got to hustle. So we start like running to this train depot and we can see the train and we're like getting there. We're getting there. And of course the doors are already shut and we just see it. It's just, going. it's just, <laughs> it's already on the move. And uh, we have missed it by just a couple of minutes because I took the road less traveled and ordered a very difficult on natural cheeseburger in the France uh, uh, depot. Of course, the upside of that is that Joel and I got to make fun of you the entire rest of the trip oh, about yeah. the au natural. The au natural. <laughs> Plus yeah. au natural is like, that's like naked, right? So that that like just makes it funny too. <laughs> I felt I felt very naked in that moment because we had spent money on that reservation. Of course, we had to go buy another reservation. And now we had missed uh, some yep. time on our whole uh, travel. But now it made for a good story. That one was worth it too in the All end. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the RLT, like as you said, it does kind of come down to risks that you take it's mm. like they usually go hand in hand with i'm gonna take some risk so you're out natural okay i'm gonna take a risk that i'm gonna miss my train by getting a burger that i actually want yeah you know and i guess mine was i'm gonna take a risk well i didn't even know that that was a possibility <laughs> that we could break the canoe but um, you knew you knew it was risky i mean you were going down a more difficult path it looked yes. rapids you know i thought like, we could capsize for sure yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, all for, I mean, I guess the only reason there, oh, yeah, it was for time. So efficiency, <laughs> it's a good reason. Um, but I think like a lot of times you try to figure out what, what risks are worth it and what are not. And I know as I've thought about it, it seems like more often than not taking the risk is worth it. Mm. There's something about your confidence of, of saying, hey, I, I value and trust myself enough to know and assess the risks in the moment to be able to say, look, I can take a logical risk here that may or may not pay out, but it seems like the right decision. And I think, I think in life, a lot of times it's easy to kind of sit back and be safe or conservative on your decision making. And that could be for, you know, moving. It could be for a new job or quitting a job or it could be for a relationship or jumping. I mean, I, I, I was scared to death to start a new relationship um, after a divorce and to, to come into a situation where I was like, no, we, we got to jump. We got to take a risk here because it, we need to find love again. And with each other, if this is possible, this is worth the risk. And it totally was. I think there's a lot of those situations in life where it's like, you just got to jump, you know, you got to just trust that, you, you have a good understanding of yourself and that you're going to take a road less traveled and it might bite you in the butt, but at the same time, it might also just pan out to be one of the greatest things you've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have always been super impressed with, with your, you know, deciding to move out to LA, mm -hmm. um, you know, he, here in, in Minnesota. The bold north, as uh, you the say. Bold, the bold north. bold north. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that live here, they stay here. You know, like, yeah. in fact, people that move to Minnesota oftentimes can find it hard to connect to people because their people are very tight knit. They kind of stay around. So, yeah. um, at least, yeah. So I thought that you moving to LA was taking a huge risk. 
um, something that I, at that point in my life, would not have been willing, I would not have been willing to take that risk. Uh, certainly it paid off for you in, in taking that. Um, but I've always been impressed by that. Thanks. I mean, I remember after signing up and signing the dotted line and deciding we're going to go and prep, prepping for the move with my parents and all that kind of stuff. I still remember like the day before thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't want to go. I'm, I'm terrified. And yet, you know, we surround ourselves with friends and family who can kind of help motivate you and hold you accountable in that moment to be strong. But like that was, it's, it's risky for sure. I, I'm, I, I think it came to a realization, like I'm a, I'm a pretty quick mover in, in most of my life, how I do things. But when you realize like, oh my gosh, I'm moving 2000 miles away from all the people I really have ever known in my entire life to a city that seems scary and impossible to find success. It was a lot for me. For me, I mean, I, I had something similar. It seems like uh, less of a risk, but I guess we're not really, you know, judging the relative risk levels. Uh, <laughs> but like, I know, you know, when I graduated, uh, what everyone does when they graduate, well, okay, at least this was true when I graduated in 2008, um, is that you would start your full-time career. Mm -hmm. um, now the concept of a gap year is a little more popular, but you know, I did a gap year before gap years were cool. So that's, my, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I worked a year at Trout Lake, at Trout Lake Camp, which I know we've also mentioned previously. Um, and I knew that like that was at me or at the time, that was a very hard decision for me to make as well. Like I knew that for me, that was taking a huge risk of saying, okay, I'm going to prioritize this over, you know, over money, basically mm -hmm. over future success over, you know, who knows if I'll be able to get a job. If people will think I'm, uh, you know, not really committed to this field after that. So what, what do you think of doing right now that you, uh, what, what risk are you thinking of taking? now in the near future here. oh that's actually a really uh time prevalent question oh good so we're like massively praying into whatever god has and like new dreams and to like be reinvigorated with new dreams uh, we're actually really kind of like feel pretty stuck here um mm. stuck in lack of community people like you say come but people leave this city just as fast as they come mm. people leave the church as fast as they come i can't really say that i have a whole lot of a tight connection um outside of like a you know a group of i don't know 10 or so i want like a deeper level of friendships out here i, I you know I, I want i want to be able to have an understanding of someone that on a, on a deeper level and i as maybe as couples i think is maybe something we're looking for couples with kids sure. and things like yeah. that and it's like we're in a different stage of life than a lot of those 10 um and it's like we love them but it's just different now and so we can't really go out and, and we have the same lifestyle and we, we we need to have like play dates with kids and you know things like that so it's like we're we don't yeah. have that here we don't have that kind of connection anyway so that to answer your question we're really praying into the idea of like does it mean leaving california does it mean leaving la does it mean leaving these careers does it mean and mm. so at the first time we're trying we're really open to um dreaming kind of big on what does that mean to have a life together where our careers are colliding our ministries are colliding our goals and dreams and passions are colliding instead of feeling like we're on these self-independent tracks to quote-unquote success um, um, yeah those are some big things to think through and i think like well i would say we're, th we're thinking through those exact same things mm. like like trying to figure out 
what, you know, especially that last thing you said, like, what is our mission as a family? Yeah. Like what, how do we intertwine, um, you know, not only Jess and I, but also Henry and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, anyone else that might come along in the future. Like what, what is our purpose? What, what are we doing here? Um, I guess that goes back to to episode one a little bit, but yeah. And like, is where we are right now, both geographically and in terms of occupation um, and in terms of how we use our free time, is that fulfilling that goal or not? Yeah. Um, Do you find that you guys ever feel stuck or uh, unhappy is a weird word because I'm not saying like unhappy as a family or unhappy in marriage, but like unhappy in the static way of life or this like stagnant feeling like I'm just kind of in this routine, this pattern, this like what, what is, what is next? I want to enjoy what I do. I want to find flow as a family of like, you know, we're really enjoying this, every part of this, this life together. Um, do you ever feel that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the times that we slow down. Like it's really easy to, you know, start going down the water slide and then you're, you're just, you know, you're on the water slide and you're not really thinking about it. I don't know why I decided to use the metaphor of a water slide, but whatever. (laughs) Um, and then you don't really think about it until you've splashed in the bottom and you're walking back up. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I mean, actually Jess and I, we just had a, a weekend away. Um, and whenever it's just us two, that's like us walking back up the stairs. Um, Mm. and so like, that's time for us to reconnect and like talk about, okay, what is it we're doing? And that's when we start to feel those things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, like, yeah, it's really easy to wake up, do everything you're supposed to do, go to bed, repeat. Um, but if you actually take the time to think about it, you're like, well, you know, can we be doing more? And like, yeah, are, are we content with that? Is that, and is that really you know, can we be loving others, be loving God more by what we're doing with our lives? And, you know, mm-hmm. inevitably the answer to that is always yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what exactly are we going to change? What risk are we going to take? Because typically whatever you're doing is the easiest path. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes risk to always change. And then that change becomes the new normal. And then that new normal will one day require change. And it's like, how do you keep right. that that same momentum of change in your calling, in your joy, in your desired passion and vocation and all of those things, while also right. still finding roots in the places that you go and the people that you're along with? Because, yeah, it'd be so much better, in my opinion, to have you next door, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, because I would sure. love to be able to just like open up the gate to our backyards and let our kids run back and forth. Like that would make life so much better, but it's like, we don't have that here. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, that's something that's, that's such a desire on us. And so all that to be said, I think you guys should move here. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, yeah, the fact that we're both having those same conversations, I'm guessing that's conversations that a lot of different families are having, or maybe if you're not, maybe you should, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, I would say we go months at a time without thinking about it. But when we do, we realize how much more potential there is to take the RLT versus, you know. I think a lot of times it's like we're becoming more united in who we are and what we do and what we're doing that we we desire to be more connected. And that means usually change because it's not like you most likely have been in the same field or most likely in the same calling. And it doesn't mean that you go and find the same vocation, but I think at the same time, 
you kind of want to align those two independent trajectories into something that works and flows together as one. And I think that's what we're kind of striving for ourselves. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for talking RLT. <laughs> Thanks for talking RLT. Yeah, this was fun. I like, uh, I, I think it's important. Yeah. If you're, if you're out there and you're just thinking, uh, you're on like a need for change. Um, uh, I think we encourage you to just look to see if there's a road less traveled in it, because I think there's something, there's something that can really change your mind and your perspective on, on what you think you know about your life. And I think uh, a little change, a little road less traveled can go a long ways. In most cases, the worst that can happen is you realize you made a mistake and you go back to the way it was and you got a great story to tell. And you have $1,000 less in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but potential for two bookcases. That's true. (laughs) Guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeffrey Larson. I am the actor. And this is Aaron Sorbel, the actuary. And uh, take the road less traveled. It's, It's more fun. Yeah, and you'll have a good story to tell.